0: Welcome to another season of Downton Gabby, in which we will be discussing season three of Downton Abbey, now airing in the United States. I am Brandi Sperry, recording from Los Angeles, California.
1: I'm Shannon Bowen in Oakland. I'm Rachel Horowitz, also in
2: Oakland. And I'm Teresa Schechter in Brooklyn. And I'm so excited! Woo! 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 <laughs>
0: Is it because Matthew and Mary finally got hitched?
3: Yay! (laughs) Yay! Oh my god, it's better than the princess died. I want to tell you guys something, though. Right off the bat, they made a very serious change that I wasn't expecting. O'Brien's bangs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I noticed it right away, too. It was like, wait, wait, wait. We are in a new era, because I see those bangs.
3: They're a little bit parted in the middle down the side of the forehead. They're not the, like, barrel curls. I don't know. I like old O'Brien bangs, but we can get into that a little later.
1: (laughs) Okay, back to Matthew and Mary got married.
3: Woo! Oh, my God.
1: It was so everything I hoped for. I mean, I could have watched a whole hour of just the wedding ceremony. I'm not going to lie.
3: Well, I have to say – um. I, like uh, Therese, uh, who was manning our Twitter handle and live tweeting fabulously the whole premiere, I was watching Twitter, and actually, people were really upset that there wasn't more wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Reception, dancing, more prettiness. It, It kind of ends abruptly at the altar.
1: I know. I didn't get to see what the Kate looked like or anything.
2: You know the the thing that the, that happens right is that that in the UK that w- the first episode ended with a wedding and then you had this lovely glowy feeling that you could take away from the show and think about and ponder for a whole week and then like as time passes a week later they're coming back from their honeymoon and that all feels very natural and in this American show it was like bam you know like like smash cut yeah Awesome. I think you
0: I think you definitely need that break. And uh, I mean, she looks so pretty, though. Can we take a second to appreciate yeah. the period wedding gown with from 1920s? You know, it's like you don't think that something with the super high neck and the long sleeves is going to be that gorgeous. But
1: I loved it.
3: Can loved we just it. have a moment of silence for headpieces like that? <laughs> Damn.
1: I really like the 1920s based on all these gorgeous headpieces. I'm not so much into the sack dresses, I'm not gonna lie, but give me a tiara, you know, parading as a, you know, feathered diamond headpiece any day and I'll take it. So
3: Yeah, yeah, the drop waist I guess I find them very beautiful, but when I'm watching, you know, Mary who's tall and slender as a short, round person, I'm always like, No, that's <laughs> that's never gonna look good on me. That's the only thing my brain goes to
2: he did so, look so glamorous and i loved the scene where she's walking down the stairs in her wedding dress and both her father and carson are both gazing up at her and like both of them are just gonna burst into tears oh it was so nice
3: carson's face is really just precious, precious in that, in that carson. scene.
0: i mean he i got a little it.
1: teary-eyed i got a little teary-eyed i mean that's not saying a lot I mean, I have, this is like a
0: confession.
1: I have cried at a diamond commercial recently, which is the lowest of low, but I am saying. So long as
0: you haven't cried at a yogurt commercial, I think you're still okay.
1: Not yet. Not yet. We're getting close. But no, but he, and when he says, I'm so very happy, my heart will burst with joy, or whatever that line was, it was just like so great. Dads and daughters, I love it. It was very sweet. You know,
2: those guys really, uh, when they have to, they really step up, you know? Yeah.
3: They're just yeah. lovely. Yeah. I loved the whole procession through the town and the white flags. It was very classy. Very, It was really inspiring. You could see wedding blogs really picking up on the decor. And... <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's definitely going to be some Down themed weddings pretty soon, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: Well, the heir to Downton is marrying
1: the, the daughter of Downton, so, you know. Pretty big deal. Like... Yeah, can we talk about how Matthew always seems to fall into pots of money? I mean, how can
3: I get this luck? There it's moments like this when the show is a little less masterpiece theater and a little bit more days of our lives to me. Like it reveals its soapiest nature when it just does these very convenient like <laughs> setups and plot twists that are that's like
2: it's not just like Matthew fell into money. It's like there were two people ahead of him and they both died before Wait, was that Mr. Reggie, Pumpkin? Was that Mr. Pumpkin? Mr. Pushpin? They're like two guys and they both conveniently kicked off before Reggie did.
0: Which is a weird thing anyway, because the writers had to invent them after the fact. So they're just making it even more convoluted than they need to make it.
2: Right. To build the tension of will Matthew get this money that he's going to not keep? And I just did you did you just wanna smack him? I just I'm just I'm, I'm it's just so disappointing is all I
0: can.
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's being
0: his very Matthewist in this episode and it's just aggravating. Like, it's so aggravating. I will defend it a little bit, though. I will defend this storyline because the tension and the potential power dynamics going on are really interesting despite the convoluted nature of the plot.
3: I did read... Tom and Lorenzo do an excellent recap like beyond the fashion. They just recap the show in a really articulate way and... They actually brought up a good point, though. On the other hand, uh, that Mary is super annoying. Like every time she throws a fit, <laughs> their their big question was, they you wonder if Matthew was like, I don't know, this is this just isn't worth it. <laughs>
1: Side when she throws a fit. I don't know. Like, yeah. I think he's
0: really being pretty pompous about his righteous virtue or whatever. And she's like, This is my life. There's no fucking around anymore.
3: Yeah. He's being very, he's almost being weird and superstitious and like traditionally female, you know? Like, what? what? The, the, <laughs> don't well, say that as an insult. <laughs> you're
1: with a bunch of feminists.
3: Come on. that's a, no, no, no. I'm but saying what? what you're saying. Here's what i think. When they traditionally accuse a woman of being hysterical, it's typically around things like this that seem irrational. Like, Lavinia did not die of heartbreak. She died.
1: What? She saw them. (laughs) Rachel, she saw them, and then she died mysteriously of a scientifically proven way to die, which is the flu. So I don't know how... Seeing them dance a waltz didn't cause her heart to break. I don't get it.
3: Yeah, you're like, this is where I'm like, Matthew, grow a set of ovaries and get over yourself. (laughs) You had no control over her dying. Take the money.
1: Also, this is not something you should say to your future wife the night before you. you. These are your parting words. Oh, we killed a woman. Love you, honey. (laughs) See you tomorrow. Hope you look good. We all
3: concur on this point, I think.
1: I think I ladies take note of the line, how can you be so disappointing? Because we can all use it. I love that. Many, line. Many, many ways. Men don't take note of Matthew's end speech. <laughs> I think that like,
2: despite all of the stuff that's going on, like, I felt like Matthew really had to get married because he was so oozing with sexual frustration
1: oh my god there were so many references to sex in this episode oh it was it was really making me uncomfortable
2: ladies
0: (laughs) were you like Cora were you like don't embarrass me or were you like
1: or were you like after tomorrow night everything is permitted (sighs) one of my favorite lines I mean that's a pretty big statement I don't think she knows what everything means. What counts, know, is,
3: what counts as everything back then. Like, have they did they, have they ever had like a makeout session? You know how the long library? they've been
2: engaged. Like, how long have they known each other? I mean, we're, like this is years and years and years.
1: I mean, I feel like they've made out. Has he felt her nipple? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys
2: think? They both, they both know that she's damaged goods. I mean, what's the difference?
3: Oh, yeah. Did for- she really <laughs> did-
1: <laughs>
3: I keep forgetting that she's done it before. Yeah. I don't like, think
1: she has. Has she really done it? Or did he just, just attempt a tip. to? And then he, he just the tip. That doesn't count. I don't know. Our virginity expert, Therese, does the tip count? Okay. Well, I,
2: I have thought about this a lot. And he does say to her <laughs> that there are things you can do that will keep you a virgin, which I believe he means, you know, anal sex. And right. I, I don't think what? they had intercourse. That's I what the Mormons do. do. Hmm? There's
0: no way. I can't believe this is where this conversation has gone. Yeah.
1: Everything is permitted. But here's the Wait, thing. That I don't even think I would say that, that, guys. I don't even think I would say that. I mean, that's a really big statement.
2: Okay. To me, the, the the really great scene was when Mom is trying to tell her about the birds and the bees, you know. Yeah. And Mary's like, Mom, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Pamuk, remember?
3: Cora, I don't think there's a more awkward person than Cora to talk birds and bees with. She's is it because so- half
1: of her face doesn't move? Yeah.
0: Or- <laughs> She's got to know, though, like, she and Lord Grantham sleep in the same bed, even when he's got his dressing room, right? Like, it's, like, scandal. Yeah. They're really- They're incredible. totally
1: doing it. She had that baby that that O'Brien killed. Yeah,
0: they're still know. getting it on. We know that they're still getting it on.
3: Did you guys notice that when O'Brien's in there braiding her hair, slash getting her to do whatever she wants her to do, <laughs> that- <laughs> Lord Grantham comes in, and he's, like, puffing up the pillows and getting ready for bed. Like, O'Brien's in their room in their most intimate moments together.
1: Well, it's like Anna coming in and opening the drapes when they're still in there. I mean, I'd be kind of weirded out.
3: It's like,
1: maybe we're just getting things going, having a lazy morning. I mean, (laughs) I'm not ready for that sunlight or you being in the room.
3: Downstairs people are really up in your biz. Yeah.
1: But I did like seeing Sybil and Branson in bed and they had a sweet moment because I don't really get their relationship. So it was nice to see like the sweet moment between them. And then Matthew and Mary and their little saucy moment was nice.
0: Okay, Sybil and Branson, I guess we we'll call him Tom. They have some Never. sweet moments, but they also like, this is the relationship that bugs me the most on the show. And not that I don't find the characters fascinating, but it's the one that I want the most to be a feminist situation and the one that disappoints me the most when Tom says things like, don't disappoint me, Sybil, and is totally the same as all the guys he pretends to be better than and just yep. wants to control his wife the same way that they wanted to control her.
3: And all of that Sybil spark that you love about her in the in season one, you know, is just totally gone. Yeah.
1: There's no harem pants. There's just this awful haircut and, you know, you know, sallow skin. Is that the right word? Sallow? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're good. You're good.
1: Sallow skin. And she just looks, she looks terrible. And she's passive and embarrassed. And that one scene when they're in bed and he's sweet to her, was like, okay, I get it. But I still don't feel confident the way I, like, I get Matthew and Mary. I get it. Even though she's a pain in the ass. I get why he loves her, you know, but with them, I don't know.
3: They they totally lack spark as actors, too, I think. Yeah. Even though I've decided I think he's very cute.
1: Yeah, you've had a long process of this. When he start wearing suits, you really like that.
3: Yeah, yeah. I decided I really confirmed the other night that yes, he is cute.
1: I think so too. I mean, I don't I don't even think Matthew's that cute. Sorry, I'm just saying it. He's alright.
3: <laughs> he, kind of, he has a weak kid.
0: He's alright. I mean, I think, I think objectively the best looking male actor on the show has got to be the guy who plays Thomas. Uh,
1: Okay, he's no Mosley, okay? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, poor Mosley. Yeah. I'd accept
3: his shoehorn any day. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. Hang on. Hang on. We have got to talk, too, about. We have to talk about the sisters giving their little words to Mary before she goes down the aisle, because Edith, snap!
0: What exactly does she say? She's like, well, you know, you got the air and the money all wrapped up in one, and he's even kind of cute, so bully for you, basically.
3: Yeah, and and love love and, like, status all in one. (laughs) Good (laughs) for you. And And Cora's like... Never mind, Edith. Well, okay, so
0: what well, Edith having a really, <laughs> Edith's having a really hard time comparatively, because arguably she also has love and status locked up with Sir Anthony Strelan. God knows why she loves such a boring weirdo, but she doesn't have the handsome young part that she mentions, and so it's not enough.
3: Well, Anthony is not exactly reciprocating. Okay,
0: we
1: need to get Teresa in here. Sorry. She's the Edith expert.
3: I'm sorry.
2: I was just going to say, I think that she wants Anthony Stralin because he thinks that her hair is jolly.
1: Oh, I know. It's such a good line. Men, write that one down. Have you, you write done that something one down? jolly right. with your hair?
0: It is okay. a good line. A
1: great line. It's maybe my favorite line.
2: But he, he thinks yeah. she's beautiful. <laughs>
0: I don't think that's unreasonable for someone who has had Edith's position throughout her whole life to be a little bit smitten by someone who just notices her. I mean, we already saw it happen with the farmer or whatever a couple seasons ago. Right. That so, hot night. Did and you- then the like burned faux Patrick again. I mean, anyone who notices her, she's going to fall head over heels for hopefully it happens enough times that she can start to respect herself a little bit more. But apparently she's not going to get the chance if she and Strelin are headed down the aisle. I mean,
1: I don't know. She needs to get to London. She needs to get out of the country. I mean, that line where she says, like, all the marriageable men are dead. I mean, it was that's a heartbreaking yeah. and just really poignant because it's so true. And it's like, but I can't get behind the Strelin thing. He's not right for her. I mean, at the very least, I don't think he really gets her. I mean, I think, yeah, he is amused by her, but I don't think he really gets her. And I think she's a very intelligent, spitfire kind of girl. Everything I wish Sybil would have been, but then she just, you know, went down the typical route.
3: Well, and... I liked that the Dowager told Lord Grantham, like, we've we've got to put an end to this because it's getting ridiculous.
2: You like that? I thought it was so yeah, cool. Yeah,
3: it's a little cruel, but I, I don't know with the Dowager, I felt like... She kind of knows this is not good. I, I don't know. I guess the Strauss, the Anthony thing surprised me, because I thought we had wrapped that up last season.
1: Right. <laughs> well, you thought wrong, didn't you? I know. I thought the interference
0: from the Dowager and Lord Grantham was a bit much. I thought it was like, let her at least make her own mistake. You let all the other daughters and people in this building make their own mistakes, and she's right when she makes that little speech like what do you want from her do you want her to be the old maid when you make cracks about how she'll be taking care of us in her old age is that what you actually want for her
3: true
2: and strallen just rolls over i mean he's just like quite right i'll I'll leave her alone i mean that's what i'm saying uh, though that's why i almost think they
3: get it like they're like this no good can come of this and the fact that he does just roll over, he's, he, you're right. She should be able to make her own mistakes, but he's so, uh, I think Edith deserves better. Okay. Well, despite the family's best
2: efforts and Strallen's, you know, weak spine, they're, they're heading down the aisle. They're going to get married.
0: And I like having seen Edith fight for that, even if it might not be the right thing for her. It's something she fought for and got, which I don't think we've seen before.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite lines, which is also why I think that the dowager was uh, disturbed, was during the dinner table. She's like, "Sometimes it's nice to be casual, especially when a couple is alone." I mean, that's like kind of gross. Like if I heard my daughter say something like that, I'd be like, "Keep it in your pants, like <laughs> stop it." Not fit for the dinner table. I was really bizarre.
3: Listen, to, listen to you, Shannon. What's appropriate for a dinner table and not? You really. <laughs> Downton's really getting huge.
0: Are there forbidden topics in 1920?
1: Jeez. Wait, but Stralin was a hero. He called out the roofie. He was, yeah. Roo- oh, yeah, that was
0: great. He's like, what in heavens? Or whatever. He
3: like, I say, what the devil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh. And then, and the best part is, is that, like, it would have only taken maybe like one brandy to get Tom to be acting like that anyway.
1: (laughs) It's almost like there was a teleprompter there that was like, Ireland, Ireland, Ireland. And he was like, I can't talk about peanut butter. We got (laughs) to talk about Ireland.
2: (laughs) I think that was such a great scene though. I just, I loved that scene. And I'm like, I just loved how everyone sprang to his defense, to Tom's defense. And it was like the family was sticking together. And that creepy guy's father is like, you should be ashamed of yourself. And. Oh, it was, it was, it was a great was, scene. Chewing. It was a
0: really interesting test for the family because they could have gone either way. Right. But they all sort of instinctively took him in as one of their own and said, you know, even though he's been acting boorishly, like we're going to defend this guy. Cause he's married to Sybil. He's a crawly now, essentially. It was great. Yeah, and and Matthew's little speech. <laughs> he's my best man. <laughs> like,
1: that was great. No, I, I like best it. man. I want to have. He's high on drugs.
3: <laughs> I like their little bestie relationship. We can call it a bromance.
0: We can a use bromance.
3: That yeah, I liked it.
2: Someone tweeted during the show, the Dowager's Hat, who had like a lot of great tweets during the show, but they tweeted, Matthew and Tom totally need to make
0: out. (laughs) I'd watch it.
2: Can we talk about Mrs. Levinson?
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of fun, huh? I really think she's wearing a version of a Happy New Year crown in every shot. I mean, there are all these, like, crazy feathers. All I kept thinking was, Happy New Year, Happy New Year. She
3: she is kind of a hilariously crass version of what I feel like British people think American people are like. Yeah. Like, she just says whatever's on her mind. She's really improper half the time. She kind of chews loud yeah
0: every time they're like shall we move on from the dinner she's still like shoveling in the food
3: yeah
1: I could watch a whole spinoff series that is literally just the Dowager and Martha Levinson in a room drinking tea all day I'd watch it hours I'd watch it cause they're so it's so amazing to watch two awesome actresses with great lines you know spar. it was great
3: yeah, they just trade barbs. I There are funny lines in there, too, like, Cora, like, not every conversation ends with someone asking you for money, Mother.
1: <laughs> well, their whole ruse, we're gonna throw this dinner party, and she'll want to save yeah. them, was, like, one of the stupidest ideas. In- really <laughs>
0: terrible plan. Like, what part of, like, we'll put some extra flowers on the table and invite some extra boring people, did you think was gonna, like, work? Seriously. Yeah.
1: She's already met Carson and doesn't like him. There's nothing left to show. Well, I mean, it's a, it's like a bad
2: sitcom. And, like, this whole time, Martha Levinson is going on about how you have to move on and tradition is bullshit and stop living in the past. And for some reason, Mary and um, Granny think that the way to win her over is with this tradition stuff. doesn't even make sense. Like, what do you ladies
0: Smoking. I feel like there were some really interesting comments made about how they need to be employers. Yeah. And there was a moment where Lord Grantham, when he is talking about how the money's all gone, sort of seems more self-aware than I've ever seen him, where he's like, if we don't employ people from the village, there's no point to it all. And I wasn't sure that he understood that until that moment. So that feels very interesting to me. but And yet they're still in denial about it, even though it's become clear that they all know there's really no point to the way that they live anymore, except tradition. And then employment is sort of the cloak that's thrown over that.
2: So does anyone buy that Cora, when she hears that her husband has squandered her entire fortune, would just say like, oh, there, there, this must be so hard for you. Because I know that Elizabeth McGovern did not buy it, and she complained about it and refused to do it that way. And they told her, just do it that way.
1: I had a lot of trouble with that scene, and I thought it was really unrealistic. And I was like, this is the hardest thing to stomach of this entire episode.
3: Yeah, I didn't buy it at all. I was actually girding myself for a big fight.
0: I could have bought her trying to act like that while struggling underneath. But I couldn't buy it as a genuine emotion because I think it's weird to me that she wasn't more worried about her daughters. Like maybe she could be like, I'm an American, I'll be fine. But she seems so dismissive of Mary's concerns, especially, which to me was a little bizarre. Like, oh, you'll be fine, dear. After they've tried so hard to get her to marry Matthew in the first place so they wouldn't lose Downton. (laughs) I mean, that's that's so strange. Right.
2: It's so strange. I think the writers, the writers don't, I don't, I don't know. The writers have this thing with Americans. Like there's weird, like, Oh, Cora won't care. Have gun. will travel. Or what does she say?
0: Yeah. That's what she says, which is, a bizarre. you know,
2: thing me, to say. it's just bizarre. I mean, I guess she's, she's open to change and all, but Oh my God, I would have been furious. What an idiot. She married. Wait,
1: no, who made these investments? Who made them? Uh, you did, sir. You made the investments.
3: Yeah. Who who insisted every dime go into this? You 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 did. But it was a winner. Railroads were a big thing. Well, this one particular railroad was not.
2: (laughs) Blame Canada, people. Just blame Canada.
0: You must diversify. Diversify your portfolio.
3: Also, Cora Cora is arguably the most pampered. Of anyone in the family.
1: I mean, is she ready to start brushing her own hair? No, I don't think so. I don't think so.
3: I I thought you would see some sort of, if not anger, worry from her in terms of, I literally, my brain can't digest this. There's, you know what I mean? Like her own personal dowry aside that he squandered. The idea that she's scrappy and can go from O'Brien braiding her hair to not is totally crazy, so.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it's pretty sheltered from downstairs. I mean, we get this huge, you know, announcement. And I kept waiting, like, when is downstairs going to figure it out? And they don't seem to. Anna knows.
0: Anna knows about it.
1: She's not going to tell anybody. I mean. Well, she told her husband. Well, he doesn't count. He's in he's in a musical version of the prison right now. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> even know. Over there. Prison story. I mean, he's But I fine. did think
0: I thought that was a nice moment when Bates was genuinely sad. About, and you know, it takes a lot for me to care about a Bates moment, but when he said like that touches me in here even with everything else, like I, that was sad.
3: I'll just put it to you this way. I took the Anna Bates prison scenes as an opportunity to go get Cocoa Krispies and go to the bathroom.
0: I don't even understand what the hell's going on. She found, like, Vera's, like, address book? And is just looking people up and being like, say my husband's innocent? I don't...
1: Brandy, they didn't have the internet, okay? (laughs) I don't know how else to explain this I to you. I just don't, like, so
0: she but... can't start a Save Bates Twitter campaign, so this is the next best thing? Like, I don't
3: understand. What kept, what kept people back then from being like, I'm just going to make up a diary? <laughs> <laughs> Dear diary, I killed myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, she should just be forging some documents.
3: Seriously. Yeah.
1: Well, I think back then they had those people that were, like, uh, handwriting analysis you know <laughs> and if you slanted to the left you were a gemini you know I mean, yeah why don't
0: she should get a phrenologist in there to feel bates's head and say whether he's guilty or not
1: i
2: think i think what she needs is her spinoff show anna bates private eye <laughs> fighting crime in edwardian <laughs> england
0: be, i would watch it that'd be so I amazing would watch it too. I have to say that, like, I think this character has not been given very much to do. I find the actress very endearing, and I want to like the character more than I do, and I think if she just had something to do that was for herself rather than constantly for someone else, I would be more interested.
1: I mean, let's think about it from Anna's perspective. She's had sex, what, maybe one to three times? I don't know how many times you could fit in around the small time period that we're in that, that <laughs> Look girl wants to get our man out okay
3: this is the most sex obsessed podcast we've ever done (laughs) okay well let's
0: talk about an asexual storyline which involves (laughs) o'brien
2: no no no
3: let's talk about (laughs) mrs hughes breast mrs hughes breast
1: it was really sad
0: god bless mrs
3: patmore too you guys what a friend
0: i was really upset when mrs hughes kind of like is trying to be all strong and then she kind of breaks down like, I don't want to be a sick woman and I don't want to be a dying woman and I was like, oh god she's really kind of a a utilitarian character in a lot of ways she just kind of swoops in to give advice to people but I find her essential and while I think a storyline about cancer in the 1920s could be really interesting, I can't picture the
1: downstairs without her although I still don't know what she does
3: what do you mean? She, she rattles
1: the, the keys. She rattles keys and tells people to hurry along. She's the
0: director. She directs everything
1: that But she's does. like she's like the assistant director. Carson's the director. Hey, everybody
0: knows the A D does most of the heavy lifting.
3: I thought she was right. in charge of all the maids. Mm-hmm.
0: She is Did I get that wrong.
3: Yeah.
2: She's she is and, and she works itself. with she works with the cook to make sure,
1: you know, things are her BFF. Yeah.
3: Like, there's a lot more maids than just Anna.
1: Ooh, and we saw Ethel oh,
3: promoted boy,
1: yeah. to Lady of the Street. That was yeah. a really random scene.
3: Did you guys that long scene with Isabel around women who are night workers who need a lot of rest? Like, uh, Cora's mom went on and on with the jokes, with the prostitute jokes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was I think, amazing.
0: I don't think the show's doing a great job at being in the aftermath of the war. Like, they keep
1: trying to, Ooh, it, yeah, but not yeah. really doing a very right. good job. You're totally right. But can we just talk about how Miss Patmore has the best lines? I mean, she's just come out of the bat as this comedic character. I mean, oh, look who swallowed the dictionary. Top ten favorite Down Abbey lines ever. When she walks in great. and she's like, oh, am I the red-faced woman? Or whatever it is that she says.
0: Yeah, <laughs> she's so good yeah. at reacting to something and then just immediately moving on.
3: Or when she totally mocks Daisy's stupid protest.
1: <laughs> Look, this season's all about Daisy. It started off with her on a bicycle. What does just it mean? Think of where this season yeah. can go. I mean, it's gonna go. Was that places. image
0: of Daisy on a bicycle not just as exciting as the Titanic telegram that opened season one, or the oh,
1: trenches that opened yeah, season no. two? I mean, seriously. Definitely. Yeah. There's nothing more explosive than Daisy on a bicycle. Daisy is
3: like pissed. Daisy. This season, she's just
1: which is not fun to watch.
0: She's grumpy. Yeah. I'm not really interested in watching her have like a weird interest in Alfred, who's basically just William 2.0. He's and so
1: also, tall. He's so tall. And
0: also related to O'Brien. <laughs> So oh,
3: why did she not have feelings for William but she has feelings for this guy to your point Brandy
1: They're the same. I mean it doesn't make any sense Alfred seems a little bit more manly than William I'm just gonna say it a little he's had not worldly more.
0: experience li- working in a hotel
2: yeah you know what that means considering that American slut
1: Reed who's doing god knows what with Ooh. him in the music. <laughs> oh my God. <gosh. laughs> She's doing more than making out, I'll tell you that.
0: She's making him feel good about himself,
1: guys. (laughs) She's concerned about his self-esteem.
3: Daisy has no chance. I just don't think Daisy has the moves.
0: Okay, so the main storyline we haven't talked about yet, I think, is Thomas and O'Brien seem to be having a falling out with each other. And I always like the Thomas storylines. Like, I really find him to be a pretty fascinating character. And his struggle to sort of maintain this level that he's doesn't really deserve to be at, after all the shit he pulled, to still be a Downton, to, to be a Valet, you know. Uh, and then the slightest thing sends O'Brien off the edge.
3: Yeah, I kind of miss, I like when they're on the same team, because they're so smoky cigarettes.
1: You just like seeing people smoke cigarettes.
3: I do, I do. I think it's fun
1: to watch two people
0: sort of scheme together. So now that she doesn't have her scheming partner, he's kind of become her enemy.
1: Which I feel like was pretty weak. I would like to have a more distinct event of how they became enemies.
0: I mean... I understand him being irritated at her for bringing in Alfred, but not... I don't feel like it's a friendship ender.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't know. The whole... I think it's just because of Alfred and because she's trying to push Alfred
1: ahead and maybe he feels like she she never tried to push him ahead. I don't know. It still feels kind of weak. And I'd like, I mean, for such a strong bond to be broken, I just would have liked to have an event. I agree.
3: And also, I mean, they're kind of ignoring the fact that Thomas has been through so much from the war to his disappointing business venture.
1: Yeah. Uh Yeah.
3: He hasn't evolved at all.
2: Someone pointed out that it's been eight years since the first episode. Wow. And how people hadn't really evolved much at all. Yeah. Although I think that things moved a lot slower back then since they weren't, you know,
0: tweeting Twitter. and all. I almost yeah. think that it's more true to real life. I don't I don't know. Like a lot of people once they are who they are don't necessarily become a new person just because some stuff happens right. to them. Right I like I feel like Mary has done a normal amount of evolving for a person. I find mm. her to still be a fascinating character. Thomas has had a lot of up and ups and downs, but he's basically still the same like I'm in this for me, and why shouldn't I be kind of guy, and that's because his his circumstances haven't changed. If you can't change change your circumstances, how much are you supposed to change as a person
1: right and it's also like how long has it been since he got laid? Probably a long time
0: forever since that weird guy with the letters in season one
1: we're we're back to sex again <laughs> yeah well maybe in the war he got some but i, I mean, mean come sue on me
0: if i want to see the good-looking guy on the show make out with somebody
2: thomas needs a boyfriend
0: yeah he definitely he does, needs a boyfriend yeah. can we get like a new chauffeur up in here who can be a little gay or something like let's
3: yeah we need a chauffeur <laughs> right. Wow. They
0: can get in the back of the car they can do like Titanic style. <laughs> like it'll be great.
1: <laughs> but it's kinda of weird how they like we haven't gotten a new chauffeur. Like there's these roles that have left downstairs and they
0: like have vaguely place. mentioning a chauffeur, like, oh, he'll drive you home, but he doesn't have a name. <laughs> he never He's
3: just it. a robot. I think one thing I guess the uh the good side of all this is that I mean, O'Brien and Thomas Against each other, like I think, you know, bad things will happen. This can't be good.
1: All right. Well, what do you guys think is going to happen next, or
3: what are you excited about?
0: Anthony Stralin's going to keel over. That's my prediction.
3: Uh-huh. I'm excited. I am. I find Edith. I think by virtue of a being Edith and b the last single sister, she's who I'm of the daughters who I'm most excited about this season.
1: Definitely. I mean, I'm concerned about Sybil. She looks awful. I hope she's feeling okay. She just looks terrible. She's having a difficult pregnancy. Yeah. Clearly. I don't know what that means. Cause I don't know anything think about pregnancy. I'll defer to the pregnant person on the podcast, but
2: yeah. She might be having a difficult pregnancy
1: wardrobe. Yeah. I don't know. She's having a yeah. difficult pregnancy haircut. She needs a yeah. totally hairdo stat. I mean. That too. Yeah.
3: I mean, I'm pregnant. My hair has never looked better, so I don't know what her problem is.
2: (laughs) I predict that they're going to save Downton because nobody wants to spend money on new sets.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to save Downton. I think Matthew's going to come to his senses. I'm a little, I mean, I don't know. Are Matthew and Mary, are they going to be okay with their sex life? I mean, he was, you know, crippled. Then he had the miracle. So I don't know.
0: I think if he just signs the check, she won't really care that much so
3: <laughs> well right. i think a Ma- i think a matthew Mary pregnancy would be fun
0: i mean it it seems inevitable right It's not like she's gonna like get an i u d so <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that would be great because it's now it's all about like now they have to make an heir of their own, right. I mean, they have to just keep this
1: thing going. Right. Like, every generation is, like, obsessed. I mean, are, is the is the baby going to get hemophilia, though, because they're kind of related? I don't know. That's what I worry about.
0: Is the baby going to have cloven hooves because they had the same great-great-great-great-grandfather? No.
1: Okay, I'm rooting for Mrs. Hughes. I think she's going to make it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to see some more of the doctor, which I'm not enthusiastic about, but, you know.
1: It would be interesting though to
2: see how a woman goes through cancer treatment. I mean, yeah, maybe a would little be.
0: morbid, but
2: you know, what was what was this what was this like for women in the 20s?
0: It would be an interesting storyline. Yeah.
1: No, I like Mrs. Hughes. I don't want to lose her. She's Yeah, and Mrs. Hughes and Mrs. Patmore are just perfect together. I just love them.
0: Oh my god, they should be the ones solving crimes together after the show's <laughs> over. Let's just have a like seven different spinoffs of just every character solving crimes, <laughs> different
1: pairs. Oh my god, that's amazing! I do not want a Mosley solving crimes. So. <laughs> I do not want that. Well, I think that's it. I mean, I think that's what, we discussed everything, you guys.
0: Thank you for listening, and stay tuned until next week. You can find us on Facebook at Downton Gabby, on Twitter at Downton Gabby, and on Tumblr at, you guessed it, Downton Gabby. Come on, Let's
4: talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that make be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. About sex, and now To the people at home or in the crowd It keeps coming up anyhow Don't be coy, avoid or make void the topic Cause that ain't gonna stop it Now we talk uh-huh. about sex on the radio and video show Many will know anything goes Let's tell it like it is and how it could be How it was and of course how it should be Those who think it's dirty have a choice Pick up the needle, press pour Or turn the radio off Will that stop us, pet? I doubt it Alright then, come on, spin Let's talk about sex, baby But she was mad and sad and feeling bad Thinking about the things that she never had No love, just sex Followed next with the check and a note. the notes. That last night was dope, 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 Take it easy now. Let's talk about sex, baby